In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Cleanse my heart and my lips, Almighty God, that I may proclaim your gospel worthily. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. While at supper with his disciples, Jesus was troubled in spirit and declared, I tell you most solemnly, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at one another, wondering which he meant. The disciple Jesus loved was reclining next to Jesus. Simon Peter signed to him and said, Ask who is it he means? So leaning back on Jesus' breast, he said, Who is it, Lord? It is the one, replied Jesus, to whom I give the piece of bread that I shall dip in the dish. He dipped the piece of bread and gave it to Judas, son of Simon Iscariot. At that instant, after Judas had taken the bread, Satan entered him. Jesus then said, What you are going to do, do quickly. None of the others at table understood the reason he said this. Since Judas had charge of the common fund, some of them thought Jesus was telling him, Buy what we need for the festival, or telling him to give something to the poor. As soon as Judas had taken the piece of bread, he went out. Night had fallen. When he had got, Jesus said, Now has the Son of Man been glorified, and in him God has been glorified. If God has been glorified in him, God will in turn glorify him in himself, and will glorify him very soon. My little children, I shall not be with you much longer. You will look for me, and as I told the Jews where I am going, you cannot come. Simon Peter said, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, Where I am going, you cannot follow me now. You will follow me later. Peter said to him, Why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Lay down your life for me, answered Jesus. I tell you most solemnly, before the cock crows, you will have disowned me three times. The Gospel of the Lord As we draw closer to the Paschal Triduum, we are already given little teases and snippets into the happenings at the Last Supper on Holy Thursday. After the Lord had finished washing the feet of his disciples, we have this poignant scene which throws the spotlight on these disciples, two in particular, and we see their reaction to our Lord's disturbing words. I tell you most solemnly, one of you will betray me. Though the disciples were clueless as to who Jesus was referring to, we, the audience, have no need to speculate. Like a finished game of Cluedo, we already know who done it. Judas Iscariot, who when first named in the Synoptic Gospels, had already been tarred with the egregious crime that he will commit, the one who will betray the Lord. If one understood how the disciples were positioned around the Lord at the Last Supper, one can understand the utmost gravity of this betrayal. Our Lord and his disciples would have been gathered around in a reclining position whilst eating this meal, with the left hand propping up their upper body, and the right hand left free to take food and make other gestures. 
the unnamed beloved disciple is described as being positioned next to Jesus, and he should be to the Lord's right, which explains how he could easily incline to speak to the Lord privately and even place his head on the chest of the Lord in an act of intimacy. But the position on the right of the Lord, though deemed privileged, is not the position of highest honour. That position is reserved for the one to the left of the Lord, because this is the position which our Lord would have been closest to, since everyone leads to the left and not the right. Who could have been seated here? It would definitely not have been Peter, since he had to ask the beloved disciple to be the intermediary to ask the Lord and ascertain the true identity of the betrayer. Who then could have sat on our Lord's left? The clue can also be found in today's Gospel passage. It is the one to whom our Lord hands the morsel of bread. Obviously, this could only be done with ease to the one who was sitting next to Jesus. This is the true irony and scandal of the betrayal. The one who will betray our Lord is the one whom our Lord accords the highest honour, Judas Iscariot. The litmus test of love in the Synoptic Gospels, which is to love one's enemies, is not found in the fourth Gospel. But it is here that Jesus demonstrates this by loving the one who will betray him. In fact, loving him to the end, loving him to the extent of sacrificing his life on the cross, not just for the righteous, but also for sinners, not just those who are his friends, but also those who count themselves as his enemies. The defining hour of his life in ministry is approaching. In fact, it is so close that the gospel already situates us in a scene of the Last Supper, the night of betrayal and the eve of our Lord's execution. The image of our Lord as one whose resolve is so great that he remains unfazed in the face of the greatest challenges is shattered today. The betrayal at the hands of Judas troubles him to the core. His humanity is never more apparent. We could immediately identify with him the painful heart racking sting of betrayal. It would not have been so painful if we were betrayed by an enemy or a stranger, but at the hands of a friend who shared my food, my friendship, my confidence, who enjoyed my greatest honour, that is unbearable. But perhaps the pain experienced by our Lord wasn't so much the kind of self-pity at being made to look like a fool for trusting one such as Judas. His pain was directed at sin and its consequences. Sin does not only betray the Lord, sin ultimately betrays us. Sin ultimately betrays Judas. The betrayer is his own betrayer. In wishing to somehow profit from his actions, Judas unwittingly digs a hole for himself, a hole so deep that no light seems to be able to penetrate its darkness and there is no return for those who choose to climb into it. Darkness descends at the very moment of betrayal, but our Lord helps us to see the glimmer of hope that lies behind this utterly evil act, man's betrayal of divine generosity. One could never imagine that God would subvert such an evil act in order that he may perform his greatest good. So Judas not only goes with the acquiescence of our Lord, he is sent on a mission to bring about the events that will rot man's salvation. 
the hour of crucifixion was very near, and our Lord Jesus Christ eagerly looked forward and saw the glory that would follow. But the world perceives as evil our, what the world perceives as evil, our Lord pronounces as the hour of his glory. We see only the horror of the cross of crucifixion, the whipping on the tree, the jesting of the people, but the Lord helps us to see that there is glory that will follow. He saw our salvation through his suffering. He saw the conversion of the world through his crucifixion. He saw our blessings in his betrayal. He saw our holiness and eternal happiness in his humiliation. He saw our sanctification through his sacrifice. He saw our deliverance through his death. He saw our paradise through his pain. Let us not look for places of honour at the table, but rather surrender ourselves to be present with our Lord wherever he calls us to be. As we pray, here and every time, the power that gives us faith and confidence, boldness and authority and anointing will come, and then we will stand the way we ought to stand, even if it means standing with him at the cross on his left or on his right. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen.